Hey guys, welcome to Nerd Talk. I am your host, Jordan Halstead, and I've got Alicia and Micah with me. Guys, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Yeah, thanks for having us again. We're back. <laughs> so I'm going to try something new tonight. Uh, as we're recording this, we typically do this at nighttime. And so what I wanted to ask you guys is, have you heard about Tom Holland? Have you been keeping up with the news recently? Yes. So yeah. what are your thoughts on the fact that he just signed, supposedly, and, and by the time this comes out, we'll probably have more details. Um, what did you guys think about the fact that there is a six different projects with the MCU that he has signed on for? So this is, just to give you an idea, Alicia, because I see you're, you're trying to think on this. This is Spider-Man 4, 5, 6. So he's got a whole nother trilogy coming. Mm-hmm. He's going to be in Avengers Kang Dynasty, Secret Wars, and he's going to show up in Daredevil, Daredevil Born Again. Okay. So what are your guys' thoughts about this? Do you guys like the fact that he signed on for more? Do you kind of wish that he took the way of Tony Stark and, and uh, Steve Rogers? Or what, what are your guys' thoughts here? I think my initial thought is I hope we don't get sick of him. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to no, be ignorant that, or mean or anything, yeah. but, like, that's a lot. Um, well, and that's over the course of the next, like, Five, six, seven years. Yeah, it's, it's it. We've got we've got time. Well, I think Marvel's starting to really saturate the market. I know that they're putting out a lot of content, but like, uh, you know, when they announced phase, what what did they do? Just phases five and six. Yeah, they just announced phases five and six. This well, they announced si- they announced what five, but then they only announced the Avengers movie. Yeah, six. they did. Well, Fantastic Four. Uh, the two Avengers films, yeah. so that they gave three of the Phase Six films, but they they showed us the slots for where they're supposed to drop. Right. So and it and it's changed because I know some dates have shifted and whatnot. Well, I was I was talking to my friend Chad at work, who I've, who I often mention uh, on the show, and he uh, he's kind of excited for the more Jordan, as you referenced, the street level stuff for superheroes. Oh yeah. And um, we've got some glimpses of that with with She-Hulk. We've got some glimpses of that with, you know, the old Daredevil series before the new one that's coming out. Um, we got some of that with with Hawkeye. We're going to get some of that with Echo and some other series, you know, coming down the line. Um, but it'll be nice to see more of that street level versus the space odyssey out of this world kind of superhero movie. It's not we, the big heavy hitter stuff. It's yes. going to be some good storytelling that is street level. Well, I think... You know, great. We I think we kind of knew that Tom Holland was going to do more Spider-Man movies. I think that we knew that they were going to do or try to do six of them uh, originally, but it was never confirmed. But the, the side projects, I mean, it, it's kind of a given, I think, that he would be in at least one of those Avengers movies, if not both. But he's going to be in, what did you say, the, the Kang Dynasty one? Kang and, and Secret, Secret Wars. Yeah, now, Secret be- Wars, comic book wise, this is where he got the Venom suit. Okay. So this this was the original spot that Venom came in. And so he he went into the black suit. And so they're already talking that it's going to be post Spider-Man 4 when they'll start to dive into the Venom stuff. So it would not shock or surprise me in the slightest if Venom, the Venom symbiote plays a role in Secret Wars. It, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me at all. Well, I think that they may even get to that before with his movies. Um, well, I, would, from, I wouldn't be surprised if they do that either. Well, date-wise, from from all the, the rumors that I'm hearing, they're looking that they're going to drop uh, Spider-Man 4 in 2024. 
and it's going to be a direct play out from Daredevil. So Daredevil will start up, uh, it will run in conjuncture with, with Captain America New World Order, and then it will end before July, and then they'll drop Spider-Man 4 in July of 24, and then Secret Wars is 25, or early 26, I think now, and then Kang will be early 24, or 25. And so Spider-Man 5 will not happen in, in between the two Avengers movies. I can almost guarantee that. They'll, they'll need more time between them. Well, what, I'm, sa- what saying- I'm saying, though, is that, like, they, they may visit the, the symbiote, the Venom stuff within those movies before that. They may, like, like you know how they teased at the end of No Way Home with that, the, the post-credit scene with, with Tom Hardy and, you know, the Venom yeah. thing? You know, they, they may go there, but they may not, like, we may get a little bit of it. We may not get the, the full-on be- black suit. We may not get the full-on yeah. Venom experience with Spider-Man, but we may just get this little nuggets here and there until we get to that point within the Avengers. I wonder if they're going to set Venom up as a big, big bad guy for him with, like, just doing some post-credit stuff for like Spider-Man 4 that will help lead up a little bit more. Maybe he might even get two post-credit scenes. Here's a question, Jordan. As a Spider-Man fan, do you think it's too much? No. The way that the MCU has handled Spider-Man, the reality is Spider-Man is Marvel's number one character. Hands down. Has been since the 60s when he was created. What I think that will happen because Marvel, like you said, Marvel has saturated the market, but they've handled it different than like if Star Wars has, because Star Wars kind of started to do that with Disney when they started pushing out a movie a year. That was that was different than how Marvel has. Marvel is not the same character every time. And you don't know whose story is going to be continued, where they're going to show up. You, you don't you don't know any of that. So it's all unknown. So like let's look at phase four. How many characters were in cross moments. You had Wong. Wong showed up in a lot. Doctor Strange showed up in two. Wanda showed up in two. She had her own project, and then she showed up as as the villain um, in Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. But how much did you see other than that? Like every like you're saturating the market because you're bringing in a ton of new characters. But like we're hooked on certain characters. So my parents have watched up to. I think they watched Infinity War and they haven't finished uh, Phase 3, which I'm like, go finish it. The characters will come back, I promise. My mom sat down. She's like, I, I can't handle it. I'm stressed out by the fact that <laughs> Spider-Man and Groot are gone. I can't do it. And I'm like... And it only gets better. I'm like, come on, guys. Just just push through. Like, Phase 4 was pretty good. Like, there's there's some really good stuff that's along the way. Just make the time. And my dad's like, I'm not watching TV shows. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. So, anyways... I think that there's not going to be enough Spider-Man like to satisfy me because it's going to be it, they're going to keep drawing him out. So like, yeah, he's got six projects, but you probably won't see him more than twice a year. And that'll be like, hey, Daredevil born again into his own movie, and those two specifically are a continuation of the story, but they're now shifting from Daredevil's point of view to Spider-Man's point of view. So, I just I just pulled up Disney Plus on my phone. And looked at the first three phases of Marvel. Iron Man had eight appearances, three of which were his own movies. So yeah. Tom Holland, when it's all said and done, will have you know surpassed that, obviously. Oh yeah. But uh, he'll have his first three movies. He'll have uh, Infinity War and Endgame. He's already at six. Yeah. Because he's got Civil War, Infinity War, Endgame. 
and then he has his own his three, three movies. Yep. Plus yeah, three he's, more. Ar- he's already at six. He's almost there. Plus three and, more three more movies will be at nine, and then the two Avengers movies, that'll put him at 11. So. And his Daredevil appearance will put him at 12. Yeah. Wow. I yeah, he, he, he's going to be way up ahead of the game. And I'm going to predict right now before we, before we hop over to the main subject of tonight, um, I'm going to predict this is not the end. The sixth movie will not be the last one for Spider-Man. Spider-Man is such a heavy character that I could see a trilogy of trilogies, and it's just going to be like, hey, the first so many years we got his high school, then we're going to see his college, and then we're going to see his young adult life. And then by that point, I think we'll start to see some Miles show up, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, because that will give enough time that Miles will now be a teenager uh, for all of that. Because I think he was like six in Homecoming. So he might, he might be a teenager around right now, if, unless he got blipped. If he got blipped, then he's, he's still on track with, with Peter. So, Alicia, do you have any comments on that? Or do you care? Or <laughs> I, well, mean, I mean, I mean... I'd be the first to admit he's not necessarily my favorite character, but I think to the points that you all have made already, he's we he did start so young in this universe that they they can afford to keep him around for a while, and it's not really going to be like he's an old man. Like he's going to be in his twenties, um, even if he does the if a trilogy of trilogies, as Jordan said, um, were to happen. So we get him young enough. Um, I mean, if we're talking about any of the other Spider Mans, he's I think he's my favorite. I wasn't. I've never really been a huge fan of of Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield. Eh. Um, so out of the three of those, he's definitely my favorite. So I can see him continuing on to do other things, not just his own mo- movies or the three extra things um, that Jordan mentioned, but seeing him do little cameos here and there because he is such a young character. Well, and I think if you if you you look at the way that No Way Home ended. It was a reset. And, you know, he, the way that Doctor Strange cast that spell, he just, you know, I, I'm not sure where they're going to go with that. But, you know, with him forgetting everybody, that's a perfect reset for us to, you know, move forward into a new trilogy. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think it was gracefully done. The characters are still there. You know, he'll work on getting them back together. They'll, they'll figure something out to make it, you know, so they'll all remember, you know, remember each other again. But, you know, it's, it's cool to see that you know, kind of a hard reset, you know, especially if there's going to be so many more projects with him in that. If you look at it through that lens, I think it's going to be successful. I mean, it's not like it's not going to be successful, right? But like, my fear is that, you know, too much of, you know, a good thing could not, you know, I don't know what that phrase is, but like too much of a good thing can be, you know, overkill. Well, you think too, like it's not going to be like we're going to have one movie every year for the next six years. Like this is, this is going to span quite a number of years so at the end of it it's not going to feel like we've gotten too much of him well and with spider-man homecoming that was 2017 he showed up for a brief little bit of a a stint in civil war the year before then infinity war didn't come out until 18 endgame was 19 far from home was 19 far from home was 19 um, which his his end game camp was more of a cameo than really anything else he was just enough to bring him back yeah Mm -hmm. Um, which was most of the characters, to be honest. Um, it oh, was just a, no hey, we need them back. 21. And then No Way Home was 21. So, yeah. Yeah, there, there's time in between. I, I would say probably every two to three years we're going to get a Spider-Man film, which at that point, 
you're going to see him mature. You're going to see him grow. You're, you're going to really see this character take off. And I hope that they continue to add him places because Spider-Man in comic books, if I remember correctly, Spider-Man is one of the most, like he jumps from spot to spot. Like you could see him cause he'll just be swinging around in the background. Cause he's one of the most active characters. He's not required to be like, I have to eat 50 pizzas to keep up my metabolism. Like it's not the same way. Like the flash is, um, it's not the same way that some of these other characters are designed. They, they, he's like, you know, I get hungry and I need to, I need to make sure that I'm eating, but I can go and get like three subs from subway and be fine. So you can eat three subs from Subway. We got we got some. <laughs> he's a growing boy. Yeah, he's a growing boy. Well, so something something too. One last thing I'll say real quick before we yeah. jump into our topic, but like something that Alicia said that he's young and they casted him young on purpose, and he looks young, right? But like something that I noticed about Robert Downey Jr. You know, towards Endgame, and it was kind of the point, and it was a culmination of so many years of movies and projects. Um, he started to look a lot older, and it just mm-hmm. showed a lot in Avengers Endgame. Whereas, well, and, and I think they, they make, or they did some makeup adjustments to him as well to make him look a little more worn. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he was just kind of just broken down that I've done the Iron Man thing for 15 years at that point. Cause like with the, the five year time jump, he's like, you know, I, I've done my thing as the superhero. Um, I carried this universe on my back. That's why I look a little bit worse for wear. Hey, <laughs> um, Hey, if you don't talk shop, you can stay for dinner. That's exactly it. So, but yeah, no, I, I, I think that with grabbing someone young, like Alicia said, it's just, they can carry that. And I think we're going to see that with like young Avengers. We're going to see some of these younger guys take the mantles and be able to, to run it for a lot longer. We're going to see characters like, uh, Wanda's kids, Wiccan and, uh, uh, I forget what Wiccan's Tommy? brothers, Tom, Tommy and Billy, um, I forget but their yeah. other names. Yeah, I forget their their superhero names. I know it's Wiccan, but um, but they'll they'll just do their thing, and I think that this will be a really cool way to continue uh, Marvel storytelling, and they will be able to pick up C D E F G list superheroes and start to to build uh, because you 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 started with a great foundation, but you got to continue it to keep breaking in that money to do some even bigger storytellings, and I think that they're I think they're in the right direction. I think Phase Four. It was a letdown for us because we're like, we just got done with Endgame and Infinity War, and these were some of the best movies ever. Mm. And it's like, where do you go from here? Well, knock them down so that you can build it back up. Now, not well, every not movie was bad. That, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Not to say that every movie. Yeah. So, which speaking of Phase 4, let's go into Black Panther Wakanda. That's why we're here. We're, we're talking Black Panther Wakanda. And so... I want to start by asking this question to you guys. What did you think of the movie and would you recommend it? Just just simple opening thoughts. I mean, I feel like if you want if you're engrossed in the Marvel universe, you kind of have to. Like there's not a lot of things that you can skip because if any, I mean, I don't I haven't seen anything that I feel like, well, maybe Eternals, but I haven't, I haven't seen anything that I thought, oh, I could skip this and and still kind of understand, not to say that you can't have a good understanding, but I think that, I mean, it, it did tell a good story. It was extremely emotional. Um, I'm not going to lie. 
and say that I didn't cry because I cried a couple of times in there, but it was a very emotional. I mean, part of it is because the, the actor himself, you know, died in a very, I mean, it wasn't tragic as in like a shock, but any sort of illness like that to take somebody so young is just unfortunate. Um, but I mean, I, so I would recommend people see it in general, but it was a very emotionally draining movie. Um, yeah, it was just emotional. I'm not but crying. You are. I know. Micah kept looking over at me at, at, <laughs> during the movie because you're crying again. I'm like, I can't help it. Like, I mean, I'm a very emotional person when it comes to, especially when it comes to seeing other people cry. It doesn't matter if they're, if they're crying. You're empathetic. TV. Yeah. I, if, if you cry, I'm cry. Like nobody else. I'm one of my favorite lines in um, a movie, which I mean, it's still Magnolia's. I don't know how many nerd, how many people who are nerd com, uh, who are nerds that would say they've seen that because um, it is more of a chick flick. But one of Dolly Parton's best lines is nobody's allowed to cry alone in my presence. And that's very much how I feel. You're not allowed to cry alone. If I'm in the room, I'm going to be crying with you. Yeah. Micah, what'd you think? Well, would you recommend it or not? I would. I mean, honestly, I feel like you can't really leave things like that out um, and really have a good understanding of the universe as a whole. Okay. Um, yeah, I kind of felt the same way. I cried three times. I, I There were three moments specifically where I just, you know, cried. Uh, one, it, we were in a theater, and you asked us when we did the Black Adam episode, Jordan, but the, uh, you asked us how our theater was. We went to like a four o'clock matinee opening day and like we were like maybe two of maybe 16 i would say there was at least maybe 16 people in that entire theater yeah there's probably crazy, less than 20 um to, for a premiere like that but like granted people are still in work kids are you know just getting off school and we we actually left work a little bit early so that we could go see that knowing how long it is and we'll talk about that in a little bit but um we went earlier on purpose because we had to get up for work the next day and um but yeah i was super emotional. I think it's going to be the key of this, this podcast for, for Wakanda forever. But like, um, when we got out of the theater, Jordan, I called you and, or you called me, I don't remember who called who, but, um, the whole Marvel scroll at the beginning of the movie, when they, they kind of rolled a, Oh my gosh. Right. I mean, and they, so, hit, yeah. they went in with punches flowing. Well, and, and this wasn't the first time they had done something like that. When Stan died, Stan right Lee, at Captain yeah. Marvel. Yeah. Stan Lee passed and they did the same thing. So I think that'll be a thing. If, God forbid something else happens and we see a character. Yeah. So do you remember in Captain Marvel, it's been a minute since I've seen that one, but did, did they play the Marvel music at the beginning of that one? Or was it silent like it was for Black Panther? I think they played the Marvel music. So I for this one, did. it was a little bit more somber because mm -hmm. they it was quiet. Like there was no music playing. And they rolled that. And I looked at Alicia and she looked at me and we're like, this is terrible. <laughs> I, but, but here's the flip side. The Captain Marvel was completely done filming and was yeah. pretty much put mm -hmm. together by the time that Stan had passed. Sure. Right. Where this movie is a couple of years after Chadwick is gone and the whole movie is a tribute. Sure. So it, it like, cause there, there's that moment where, cause didn't they do where like they had the setup part and then they went into like, they didn't just start with the, the opening credit. Right. Like they, they let allowed her, to, to do her thing and then he like dies yeah. off screen yes. and then that happened that was that was such a beautiful storytelling 
piece that I don't think that like you just can't do with with Stan Lee's passing. Like Stan Lee, like that was a powerful moment because like hey, we're paying tribute to him to the man who helped create all this. Uh, there there would be no Marvel Cinematic Universe without this man, and right. they paid a good tribute. But this one was a storytelling device. Mm-hmm. This helped us see, okay, he's not here, but this whole movie is really about him mm-hmm. as well. Like it, it's, it's, and I say this a lot, it's a love letter, but I don't think it was a love letter to the fans. I think this was a love letter to their late friend, Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, thanks for just, sorry. Sorry. I hijacked. <laughs> I was, I he's was not sorry. <laughs> no, I was, I was getting there. Um, but yeah, I, you know, three times when I cry was a, you know, at the beginning when they did that scroll uh, of the Marvel without the music and it was all just pictures of him and it was in the color of the Black Panther, you know, the theme of the brand of, of who, you know, the Black Panther was and Chadwick Boseman was within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And then um, the the funeral that they had for him and then when um, his mom died, when when the queen died. Yeah. Um, for, for somebody who has lost their mother in the last uh, couple of years, that just really just punched me in the stomach. And it, I, it, I think it really solidified Namor as a villain, um, which I guess we'll talk about a little bit. Little bit but um, I, I would recommend folks see this movie because of, you know, what Alicia was saying with, with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if you're invested in this, like we are um, here at Nerd Talk, like it's, it's part of the experience. I don't know that I'll go back and watch it again because it hurt too much. It just hurt me personally because of personal I reasons. It had nothing to do with the story. had nothing to do with the, it just, it was very raw for me. I think raw is a good word for it. I would agree to that. I think this is not your casual movie going like, I'm going to just pop this on once it's on Disney plus this is a, I have to be mentally ready for this movie. Like I'm, I'm running through phase four. And I just don't want to leave this movie out. I think you have to have that mentality. I don't think you can just be like, all right, guys, let's throw a movie on. Who's feeling Wakanda forever? Like, I don't think that's like, this is a, I need a good cry. Hey, I need, I need to continue a story. Like there, there's specific moods that you have to be in. And on the flip side, the the story was great. The action. Was oh great. yeah. The sequences are great. The, you know, the only beef that I have with this film, aside from the emotional piece of it, is the length. And we talked about it a little bit before we started recording, but the, the length of this movie was too long. Like, it was yeah. just too long. Like, maybe they gave us a heads up in the title, Wakanda Forever. Stop. So, Jordan, before we started or even jumped on this call with you, my wife said I wasn't allowed to yell Wakanda Forever, so. <laughs> Wakanda Forever! The whole joke ex- thing. Yes. Know, it's, it's fine. Um. You know, for me, I I enjoyed this film. I didn't know how is because we talked a lot about this in the uh, we we do before and after we talk about what's going on, what are we excited about. We get a lot of conversation. It kind of does our warm up for these episodes. And I remember multiple times talking with you, and even throughout the week, uh, Micah, that we we would talk about you know which is going to be better, Black Adam or Black Panther, because Phase Four movie wise, now not shows, but movie wise has been really kind of hit and miss. Like you have Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, Shang-Chi, great films that your first time you're like, 
I'm buying tickets. I'm coming back to see this. Or, hey, I've already pre-ordered it on iTunes or I've got it on uh, the Steelbook or what, whatever it is. And then you've got movies like Eternals that depended on who you were, if you liked it or not. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder depended on who you were. Even Black Widow depended on who you were. And in this movie, it was one of those, okay, is this going to be a hit or is it going to be a miss? And I think this was a, a huge hit. I just don't know that it's going to be one that I'm going to be like, I can't even say it was in my top 10 of the Marvel movies because we're at this point that we can now have an easy top 10. (laughs) There's so many Marvel MCU films and I think it's easy to say, oh, I've got my top 10. Like these are the movies that I would absolutely sit down and watch. I don't know that I can throw it in the top 10. I might be able to, but it wouldn't be top five. It'd be kind of like seven, eight, nine-ish maybe. That's that's maybe where I would throw it if I was going to throw it in top 10. Um, I think I liked the first one more just because I didn't want to cry. <laughs> I did not want to <laughs> cry during this movie. And there were a few moments where I literally just felt very puffy in my eyes because I'm just like, I feel that. Like, I didn't even, I don't even know how to relate to this, but I can feel the emotion in that film. So you were talking about Namer, and I, I will say this, I would recommend it as well. Um, I think this is a movie that I would recommend to see as a Marvel fan um, and as a emotional grief counseling kind of film of a you got to work through it and to see the the shawl where they where they burned the shawl I loved that that was beautiful and just some of those grief counseling things I'm like that's yes right there um and it, it I think it did, that was the best form of of grief response for us to see as the viewer so I think that 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 was that was really good um we were talking about Namor a little bit, so I want to jump on this. What did you think of Namor, the Submariner? Uh, he he's not done in the same way the comics represent him. So, and I know you guys don't read the comics, so you're not really that concerned about that part. But what did you think of this character? And do you think that they will continue to build him? Because this is a character who has a very rich comic book history. So, do you want to see him be used, or do you think he'll get used? Let's just go ahead and start there. So I was talking again to Chad about it. I don't know if it was yesterday or today, but we were um, kind of talking about Namer specifically. And he said, um, there's a couple of different comic book uh, arcs, if you will. Um, And he, what is the, uh, is it Atlantean is the right? Yeah, he's, he's he's an Atlantean. Okay, so he's Atlantean. Yeah, he's also a mutant. And there's a couple of different, you know, and he said that, you know, when he and I were talking about it, it'd be a perfect arc for the X-Men. You know, we've talked about, you know, they talked about mutants in Miss Marvel. They talked about mutants uh, in this film. Professor X shows up in Multiverse of Madness. So, like, we're going to get X-Men. Logan's going to be in Deadpool 3. Like, we're, we're going to get there, right? So, like, it may not be all at once, and it may not be this huge X-Men experience, like some you know explosion happens and boom, mutants are everywhere. But I think it's going to be more of like an incorporated story all along kind of thing as we start yeah. to, to, to move into Phase 5. Um, I... I don't know. I don't know if I'm mad because he killed their mom <laughs> or if I just thought that he was kind of lame looking. But I just, I don't really enjoy, like, I liked Aquaman. I liked the first Aquaman movie. I liked Aquaman and the the Justice League. And, you know, I I just, I'm not really, 
it's hard to get me to believe into the or buy into the whole water. Atlantean water kind of thing, if that makes sense. So okay. um I there's gonna be way better villains <laughs> down the line, I think, right? If we especially if we get Kingpin, you know, more on the street level, uh we're obviously getting Kang with Ant Man, you know, Quantumania being the big bad, you know, we've talked about Mephisto at some time, you know, at times. But it's um I don't know. He was good for this film, though. I think he was great in this this film, but like to go further than that, I don't know. What do you think? So I've, I mean, I've been watching cartoons of Marvel and DC and all these things for many years, and I was kind of mad the way they handled his character because I think that this could have been a really cool Loki kind of feel, like how they've got this villain who's kind of misunderstood. He's he's doing the wrong things for the right reasons. Um. Like, I think that they could have really done this up because they pulled in his uh, his bodyguards, uh, Nomura and uh, Adelan, or I think, it, is it Adelan? Uh, something like that. There's There was the, the blue guy who always fought Okoye. Um, you know who I'm talking about, the general? So, mm-hmm. so anyways, he is a big character when it comes to uh, the Atlanteans and the... Like the comics, I've not seen too much of him in there because I haven't seen a whole lot of Submariner stuff. But in the cartoons, they really used him as a big villain. I would have loved to see him like be an antagonist that he starts to push uh, Namor in certain directions. And he's like, listen, they've got all this vibranium and you need to, you need to go and, and make a truce with them or it'll be war. Like, like force their hand. And kind of like this whispering general because i think a lot of times we see generals done where they they're whispering bad advice because they're like we need war and i think that would have been a really cool piece like if he was like he's old but he's still like immature in a lot of ways and he was gonna he was willing to jump the gun into war and and i think that would have been really cool but i loved the take they took uh where he was hey i'm a really old mutant and i am aztec and I was like, that was different. I liked the way they handled it. And I liked that there were certain elements to it that just really brought it all together. Um, I just, I, I thought it was awesome the way that they, they changed his story to make him more relevant. Because sub, the, the Submariner is actually as old as Captain America, if not an older character in comic books. Like he, him, okay, the name of the Submariner and Captain America were fighting World War II Nazis in the 40s, comic book-wise, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like, when Captain America was, like, they were using, like, Marvel comics, and and I don't even know if it was Marvel at that time. I think it was, uh, I forget what the, the title was. Um, but when they were doing the old comics, Timely, timely Comics, uh, when they were doing Timely Comics and all that, like, those were characters that were running around. And I'm like, man, that would have been a cool way to reinvent. And I like the way they handled it. Um, and the wings on the feet, it was just that that little touch that I'm like, oh, like we're going to more of a comic book reference for each of these characters because we were so military and realistic for the longest time. And now we're getting more comic booky with some of their looks. And I, I really liked it. Alicia, what, what did you think of Namor? I think he was a good villain. Um, hearing what you say about I guess in the comics, he was more Loki-like. It kind of makes me a little disappointed. Not that I really had that reference 
um, point until you said it, but you guys know I'm a huge fan of Loki, um, somebody who's just misunderstood. Well, it's no, no, no. I'm saying I think he will be Loki-like in the series moving forward. I think that he will be a character that we will just, he's going to be a little bit standoffish for a bit, but we're going to start to love qualities about him. And the more that they use him, he will be Loki-like in that aspect. I gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. Well, I mean, I didn't hate him. I didn't think that, you know. Well, I can tell you right now, Will did. (laughs) Will, Will called me and like, he got to see it Wednesday night and he knew I was seeing it Thursday and he comes in guns blazing. He's like, I hate that guy. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I understand that you hate him. You hate him in the comics. Tell me why. And he ends up telling me about he killed their mom. And, and I'm like, <laughs> I, I really don't care about spoilers, especially these. Cause I'm, I, like I've said multiple times on these episodes, I love going for the experience of getting to see it. And if you say something, you could you could be wrong, or I could be imagining how it, you're telling me it wrong, and you could you could give me the wrong detail. One of my friends, way way back in the day, uh, my best friend Casey, he literally told me, "Hey, at the end of the the book, The Martian, they actually kill, or he, like he he doesn't make it home, like he gets so close and then dies." And then I finally watched the movie and I read the book and I told him. Or I watched the movie and I loved it. And he was like, you should read the book. This this happens. And I was like, no, I'm never reading it. Finally read it. Kid lied to me. He totally messed with me. And it was years later. And so I just, every time that someone says, oh, hey, let me tell you about this. And they spoil something. I don't even take it for, for face value anymore. Because I'm like, they could be like Casey and just straight up mess with me. Who knows? <laughs> That's funny. I mean, yeah, I mean, I definitely don't like that killed the mom like that because again i was another reason for me to cry um but i think i don't know as villains go for marvel movies he wasn't the best one but i don't know that he would i would rank him as a the worst one i'd throw him in the same ring that we saw red skull obadiah stain like more of a phase one kind of villain yeah. But I see the potential with him because they didn't kill him off. Mm-hmm. I see the potential for a Loki kind yeah, of Yeah, they left the door open for sure. And what I'm already hearing is that there's rumblings that the events of Wakanda forever with the whole vibranium stuff, that is going to roll over into Captain America, New World Order, and into Thunderbolts. And that there will be more conflict between Wakanda and uh, the... Talokians, Talakoans, the Atlanteans, whatever, whatever they're calling them in the MCU. Uh, they're they're gonna continue very rocky uh partnerships and things like that. And I'm like, that'll be really cool to see those two nations, and that way it's still kind of this globetrotting adventure stuff. So Micah, you also had said something about the time. What did you think about how long this movie was, guys? It's too long. It was uh, really long. We we talked about it a little bit before we started recording, but I think this is the longest aside from Avengers Endgame uh, and since Avengers Endgame uh, in length. And I think the only one aside from that was The Eternals. Uh, and I think... No Way Home. No Way Home, yeah. No Way I, Home. I wanted to say Far From Home. I was like, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, that was a whole phase ago. Yes, yeah, a whole phase ago. Man how far we've come. Uh, 
Yeah, I think that the the film for what it was was just a tad on the long side, and I don't know if it was just that they were trying to cram everything in that they were trying to you know get in into this movie, um, with it a being a tribute to Chadwick Boseman and then b you know trying to continue the story of the Black Panther and and getting Shuri and 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 everything that was going on with with, with what was going on in their current world, but uh, and then even telling the story of Ironheart, which we haven't even talked about yet. And then trying to introduce her and then, you know, where were they going to go from there post uh, uh, Black Panther, you know, Wakanda Forever? Like, wh- where were they going after this? Like, there was just a lot of stuff going on where I think that they could have cut some of that out to make it a little bit more. I think the older I get and the more we do this with with Nerd Talk and the more movies we go see and premieres and things like that, like two hours is kind of my sweet spot, you know. We talked about Multiverse of Madness, and I think before they even released Multiverse of Madness, there were rumors going around that it was going to be like three hours long, right? And yeah. then they, were, they kept cutting it back, they kept cutting it back, kept doing reshoots and re-edits, and they finally released it, and it was like two hours and maybe four minutes, two hours and five minutes. And I think it was, it was like perfect. two hours, 12 minutes or something. something perfect. Like that. Yeah. Perfect. So like, you know, Love and Thunder, even though I wasn't a huge fan of it, two hours, right? Like... I don't even think it was two hours. I think even with credits and everything, it was like an hour 56. Still. Yeah. Two hour, two hour, that two hour mark for me is really like the sweet spot. Right. So like it was just so, uh, for me, it was just on the longer side and I wasn't, you know, I, I get kind of antsy and I want to, you know, like end game or, you know, those kind of movies are like, those are moments, right. Where, where there are a culmination of things that are going to happen. And I think we'll get that with King dynasty mm-hmm. secret wars and things like that. But like for this movie, like it was just black Panther two for me. Like it was the second black Panther movie and it didn't need to be almost three hours long. Well, and here's the other piece. It didn't tie into anything else. Right. Mm-hmm. This, this was not a Avengers follow-up mm-hmm. like Thor, Thor love and thunder was an Avengers follow-up. Uh, Spider-Man was a, well, Spider-Man Far From Home was a follow-up. And then you've got Black Widow, which was not a follow-up to that movie, but it it, kind of was in in some aspects, because even in the post-credit scene. But this one solely dealt with the affairs of Wakanda. So, yeah, I I agree. I think it was was just too long. If you were going to remove anything, what would you remove? Are you asking me or Alicia? Yeah, or both, yeah. Or? I mean, because um, you both said it was too long. Like, what if you if you could remove one or two things? What would you remove? I this is going to sound terrible, but like some of the scenes early in the movie when they were doing the tribute to Chadwick was, mm-hmm. I felt like they those were on the longer side, and it was it almost felt like they were dwelling on that and dragging it out to get to the first part of the movie. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, that and uh, when they get Shuri and they take her to to the water, like I felt like when she was in captivity, I felt like that took that was really long. Um, and then even some of the side stuff with Val and that really didn't seem to go anywhere. Uh, I know it's going to go somewhere moving forward, but for this movie, like. Did you need to do that? I I don't know, right? So, uh, and and two, like we didn't talk about this, but like, why wasn't there two post credit scenes? <laughs> I was so mad when I sat there for the entire credits, and there was not a second post credit scene. Which, by the way, 
if it's if there's only one and it and it still uh don't is, make it a mid put it at the post that <laughs> that but like if it has to do with the movie and has nothing to do with something else like another project i don't care right yeah. like i that's that's why that's how marvel gets you to invest right they want you want to see what's coming next and so like yeah. for this there was no like Alicia's just had like this epiphany moment. Like there was no like, uh, Thor just showed up or, you know what I mean? Like it's just, there was no, there was no hook and bait and hook for me. Well, to be fair though, that post credit scene was pretty long in comparison because most of the time in credit scenes, whether it be the first one or the second one, they're about Are 10 like, seconds. Yeah, like not even getting to the 30 second mark. Yeah, but I we didn't, didn't get anything one, for obviously. like Ant Man. We didn't get anything for like Guardians 3. We didn't get anything for like. Well, I'm glad they didn't throw a trailer. Well, I didn't want a trailer. It, I just wanted something yeah. like they did with some of well, the like phase two and phase three projects. But what I'm saying is like, remember Spider Man No Way Home? They gave us a trailer for Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. ticked me off more than anything because I'm like, I don't care. I can go, I can wait like a week and see this. I can go the, to YouTube and look at this up, you know, when I get home. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it's already going to be there. I, I don't need, I don't need this. Although didn't, haven't we talked about before how they're kind of going back to what they used to do in the first couple of phases. Like they used to just say they will return, like and, to let you know yeah. that there's, they're not done with them yet, but we don't have anything else to show you right now for the next one. I don't need I don't need like something really big and crazy. I just want to know just throw just throw something weird. Just be like I do love the goofy ones though, like where the dog like the dog or um Howard the Duck or I always oh, yeah. those always made yeah. me laugh because like, it was like we knew it was nothing nothing really that led in, led anywhere. It was just something funny well, or random. So so speaking of that dog, that dog's name is Cosmo, uh, and mm-hmm. it's the, the he's a cosmonaut. Um he was he was part of the Russian space program in the sixties and got sucked into a wormhole and he made it all the way to the the collector. He's going to be apparently in Guardians three, so it, it is getting paid off. And Howard the Duck showed up in Endgame. He helped yeah. fight. He helped fight the battle. So they're already setting things up for long term investments. I'm like, I I don't need something huge. But one thing that I we uh, Alicia, you and I were talking about this earlier before the podcast it'd be nice to start to get to know some of these characters mm-hmm. because they're going to introduce like Eternals. They gave us two hours and some odd minutes, two hours, 30 some minutes of, Hey, here's all these characters you need to be attached to. Well, start, start giving me post credit scenes. What happened to the black Knight? Like we're going to get Dane DeHaan coming in. Or is it Dane DeHaan? What Dane, whatever mm-hmm. Whitman, um, the, the guy who, who's, uh, Game of Thrones. He was Jon Snow. He's going to be coming in to play this character. I want to know more about him. We've already had rumblings that Blade is going to show up. Can we get something with Blade? Like, can we bring in Ghost Rider? Hey, Daredevil is right back. Let's get him. Hey, Punisher's coming in. Completely side tangent, one of these characters. Or, you know, Love and Thunder came out. We have this Hercules character. Who is he? Just, Just do like some side quest stuff and just say, like maybe he's doing a training montage, maybe he's doing whatever it is, but we want more. You can even go with Kang, do a Kang variant. That would be awesome. 
Modoc. Even, even if, yeah. I mean, there's there are t- Red the possibilities are endless. You could you could even go back, and I think this would be cool. Maybe moments where Captain America is putting back the the stones. Maybe that's all we get. We just get like a minute shot of him putting back a stone, and he's having to steal a moment wherever he's at. We don't get a full adventure. We just get he has to go put a stone back, mm-hmm. and we just get to see fun little things like that. I would love that. So so, what are some things that you all would have cut from this movie? Or, or do you agree with what I said as in reference to like they dr- they drug out some of the stuff in the beginning with the tribute to Chadwick? I thought it was a beautiful tribute, and I'm not trying to negate the fact that that was great. But like to me, it seemed like they were kind of dwelling on the past with moving to the future, if that makes sense. And then also with some of the other scenes within the movie, I, I was like, it, it felt like side stuff that could have just been eliminated from the overall time or the runtime of the movie. I think their intentions were good with letting all of that funeral stuff for lack of better description all of the funeral things kind of breathe like i think their intentions were good because they really wanted people to understand you know we really are mourning him as a person also as a character so like i think their their intentions were good but i agree that a lot of that could have been cut out cut out i think the flashbacks the the flashbacks the uh the Val scenes I think you could have easily done without a lot of that or or simplified it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I don't think it needed to be near what that was. Um, and I think I I think I agree with you, Mike. I think the abduction from abduction to rescue yeah. I think that was drawn out a little longer than it should have been. Yeah. Um. Well, even some of like him taking her down in the trail of all of the little caverns and stuff like that like you don't need to show me all of that in between detail like i think to some degree you do but maybe not to that degree yeah because i think i think it's still cool to see because i thought for visual effects to see hey we have to blow a conch or we have to hit a button and then like the currents change i thought mm-hmm. that was cool i was like i don't know how that works i don't know if you got magic people down there that's cool i like it <laughs> magic people down there yeah who knows uh, you, we were talking about other new characters as well. And so the mantle has been picked up by Shuri. And then we also got the inclusion of Ironheart. What did you guys think of those characters? I thought Shuri did a great job, uh, mm-hmm. especially, you know, following up to Chadwick Boseman. Like they played, they played so well off of each other in, uh, the first movie mm-hmm. and like actual Infinity War, like they played so well off of each other. Thought she did a great job carrying the mantle f- moving forward. I really liked Ironheart. I really liked her her character and uh, she was spunky. Yes, it kind of reminded me. Do you remember? Well, obviously you remember, uh, but both of you when um, in Captain America: Civil War when Tony goes to Queens or to uh, yes, to get, there, to get I, I was going to say that feels it very much very, like because she's yeah. in, like in Chicago. They go to college to like when Shuri goes, they go to find her. Uh, it felt like very much like they were redoing that kind of film and from that perspective of like, hey, we got to go get this person and they're going to be something special uh, in this movie and in the in the, the universe moving forward. Um, it felt very much like that Spider-Man moment where Tony wants, to, you know, Tony goes to get him. Um, and also, I, I felt very reminiscent of you know, the original Iron Man, the first Iron Man movie, when he built the first suit to get out of the cave, to get out of the Middle East, 
to mm-hmm. when he builds that the the better suit and the towards the end of that movie in his garage yeah in his garage mm-hmm. sort of the same kind of concept with with Ironheart she had this you know the first suit that she she built and then you know the suit that she builds over in Wakanda and it just it's like night and day but it's it almost runs parallel with what Tony did with his suits and I thought it was really yeah. cool there's these yeah. nods right that that they do and it's just incredible that like here we are 2007 all the way to 2022 um you know that they're continuing to, to to tie things together and to uh you know pay homage to what what got them to where they are so yeah yeah and i i love i love seeing the transformation of, of sherry like seeing her seeing her struggle and seeing her actually walk through that grief process like she was just so angry and at the end she's still angry because then at that point she's lost not only her brother and her mother, but a lot of people and her father, like even before that, like she has an enormous amount of grief to deal with. And I think that it was, it was, it was refreshing to see her kind of go through that journey um, and really kind of show human emotions because it's not like, I mean, it, grieving is very difficult period. And it's, it's different for every person. Um, but to do that publicly is also super difficult. Um, I think she did a great job. I think she did a great job. And I love Ironheart. I, her attitude and just her spunkiness was just, it, it had me laughing a lot, which was nice because of all of the crying that I did. It kind of gave some good offset. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of a certain Asgardian who lost his mother and lost his father <laughs> yeah. and lost his brother and lost his sister and lost his kingdom. And um, his name kind of rhymes with 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 door. Uh, Hopefully we don't. I mean, I'm not trying to be mad. I'm not trying to be like vulgar by saying this. Hopefully we don't get Fat Sherry because I don't think I can. I, I had a hard time with Fat Thor. I'm just I, saying I like it's cool to see. I just thought about that as we've we've been talking about it this hour of like. It's, it's oddly similar their stories you know yes. Thor, thor's story and, and shuri's story yeah to alicia what you point. were saying as i mean she could go from dad bod to god bod though that'd be <laughs> that'd be fun to see a big workout montage rocky style i will say that she no. was really really skinny no, thank you i thought she was too skinny in this movie i will say that though when she was in the suit it was it was too much it was well, too much i i thought it was cool to see how they handled it because I read Black Panther comics um, from the 2000, I think it's 2018 run that they did. It was right around the time that they, she had just let go of the mantle. They brought T'Challa back. They were doing a few things. And so I hadn't seen that, but I, I really liked the way that they handled her character. I loved the, I just loved the way that they handled the family draw for her, that family really meant everything to her. And she was trying to cope and it was more of a, her coping mechanism was just shove it down, shove the feelings mm-hmm. aside. And then when she let herself feel, then everything came pouring out at the end. Um, I thought that was beautiful. Uh, and it, it helped me see as someone who deals with my own grief, my own pain, my own problems. Yeah. I'm not the only one who goes through it. Um, yeah. And I think that, that it was just beautiful the way they handled it. For Riri, Riri, I thought was a good comic relief to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really glad that at the end they were like, oh, yeah, you don't get to keep this suit because she's <laughs> such a scrappy kind of underdog 
kind of feel like she's going to MIT. She's figuring all these things out. And I'm like, I really just want to see you build another suit, but I want it to, I want to see phases again of suits. I want to see, I want to see Iron Man happen again, but it's going to be through Ironheart. And I like there's, and I think it was uh, one of her comics. She has like a pink and yellow suit. Like it's not really red. It's, it's like a, a pinkish. And I'm like, I would love to see that. It's got the blue highlights. It's got yellow for the face mask. And instead of red, it's mostly like a, a, like a domineering pink. And I was just like, this just was awesome. And I would love to see that be played where she has to start to rebuild this thing. And, and it, it starts to build because I can do anything when I've got all the money in the tech. But what happens when I don't have that stuff and I don't get to go there? And it's like, I, I think that'll be really cool. Um, there were two characters who got a huge upgrade as well that I want to touch on before we we close out for this episode. Okoye, and I forget what the other lady's name was, they got the the angel suits. What did you guys think of those angel suits? They remind me, and I've been trying to think of what it is, but there is some movie that has like a water creature that kind of has that same the same kind of face, but then like the long braids and I still can't figure out what it is. Um, a water creature. It's not, it's, you're not thinking predator. No, okay. no. Um, I might think of it at some point. I probably just need to do some, some good Googling. Yeah. Um, Although but, predator is a good analogy. I think like the suit. It's good. Sorry. Alicia. This one was it actually, it was like a, like a small fairy creature. It doesn't matter. Um, it kind of reminded me of a, of another kind of creature that I've seen in a different movie somewhere. Um, I love how Koye was like, I don't like it. Like I, I love her character because she's just very, no, I, I love no nonsense people because that's who I am. She's like, no, I don't like it. You can't make me wear that. Like that's stupid. Um, but it was really, really, it was a really neat suit. And I think once she actually gave it a chance, She's like, oh, this is kind of, it might look kind of goofy, but it's really cool. Yeah. Well, and so what's cool about that is there, that same Black Panther run, I was looking up on my digital comics just to make sure that I had it right. That's a comic, pretty comic accurate suit. Um, there are a few Dormelage who have that, that angel strike team kind of, kind of position. And it was just done really, really well. And I loved the suit. I'm like, these are not going to be your Avengers kind of people. These are more your military higher ups kind of thing. And I love that Okoye is going to have to learn how to cope with the new. And she can't just be completely traditional anymore because she, she's no longer the head of the Dora Milaje, which I'm surprised that Shuri didn't reinstate. And I'm surprised that M'Baku ended up taking King. I, I like, it was one of those, I'm surprised, but I'm not like, I was okay that Shuri didn't take Queen, but I also was like, oh, M'Baku's going to take it. Like, that's a logical choice. That makes sense. But I was like, yeah, mm, that's still weird. So especially after the first one when he, he challenged and then ended up losing and all that. I'm like, your butt got handed to you. But he got humbled in that first movie. So, mm-hmm. and, and built some great relationships. And I, I just love M'Baku. And now M'Baku, actually, if I remember correctly, he's not even a a hero or a good guy in comics. He's actually, I think his name's the the white ape or the great ape or something like that. And he runs around in a giant gorilla costume and beats the snot out of people. Um, Yeah, (laughs) it's awesome. 
Uh, but yeah, I just, I'm like, I would love to see him in the giant suit, but I'm also okay with like that more traditional tribal kind of warrior outfit that they've got going. I'm like, those are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So can I, can I say really quickly that, yeah. uh, a is probably one of my favorite characters in the black Panther world. Um, Same. and when that was one of the other moments that I got super emotional when she lost Shuri and went back to the queen and just turned her spear in and was like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. And yeah. basically relieved her of her duties or you can't do this anymore. And basically relieved her of her duties. That really broke me. Um, just because, you know, she would get, she was willing to give her life for that family. And, um, there well, was doubt, I, there was doubt there. And I, I um, would go to as far to say us as pastors, we understand that, that that's yeah. hurt that sometimes we go through of, I'll do anything for my church family. And then sometimes we're let go or we go through pain and heartache of different issues. And I think that that hit me. I would say that for that reason, I might hit you the same way, but yeah. Well, and so like, she's one of my favorite characters and, you know, her, some of her one liners and her wittiness is, is really good. Um, Oh my gosh, when when Riri throws the toaster, the thing at her, and she hits the spear, and she's like, ooh, I like her. Like, I just, yeah. I'm like, oh, Okoye, I love you. You're great. But yeah, so, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed, she was probably my favorite character in the movie, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, guys, like the movie, this has gone on a little too long. So we're going to go ahead and wrap it on up. Like yeah. forever? Yeah, yep. So, guys, thank you so much. I appreciate the conversation we had. For all of you guys who are out there listening, if you haven't seen Wakanda Forever, sorry for all the spoilers, but it was a really good movie. We encourage you to go see it. And we will catch you next time here on Nerd Talk.